Fawcast episode 135, Blue Beam. Perhaps we've never been visited by aliens because they have looked upon Earth and decided there's no sign of intelligent life. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Fawcast, get in the arena. Hello, esteemed Flawcast listeners. Welcome back. We've made it another week. I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Carl. Say hi, Carl. Good morning, Mr. William. Good morning, Mr. Podcast and Mrs. Podcast Nation. Beautiful, sunny day. Perfect weather. And the atmosphere in World Headquarters feels really strong and open and positive today. So Well, good. We like it. And that's exactly where we're going to be heading. We have a, a treat for you today, I believe. And uh, But before we get into that, let's get the uh, official particulars out of the way. want to once again welcome everybody. You can find us anywhere podcasts are, Flawedcast or Flawedcast CLE. Uh, we're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, all those places. Obviously, if you found us, you're listening, uh, please subscribe if you're there. Please share. Also, that really helps. We are on Rumble. Under Flawed Inc., the awesome video platform. You can also find us on the Project Mockingbird social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are on Getter. We're on Gab. Also, we are on Parlor. That's all Flawed Inc. Uh, the link below to get a copy of my books, Miss Heart of Man Repair Manual, is there. Please get one. It helps support the the movement i guess i don't know the uh, i don't know what movement that is but i had a couple earlier this morning uh nonetheless um uh, our email is flawed inc cle at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions comments or concerns please reach out to us there or, or hit us up on our social media pages and also uh, i'd like to sew into people so if you would like a copy of my book and purse strings are a little tight uh, no shame throwing no shade at anyone just send us an email request there i'll be more than happy to send you the pdf on the house but i'm going to turn it over to mr Tuckerson here for his second favorite time of the show the patriotic 21 and a half seconds all right, everyone, let's take our right hands, place it over our left hearts, and let's repeat this together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. These are the kind of topics that excite me that we're going to be discussing, and Carl brought this up. And um, I, I think it's important, I'm just going to say this, and, and Carl will piggyback or rebuke either way <laughs> what I'm about to say, but um, we are continuing on this path of talking about eschatological events, because we do believe that we are in that time frame, that season, and we are just doing what we believe is the right thing to do, preparing people, trying to be like Noah's. And what we're going to be talking about is something Carl brought to me, and I just loved and I appreciate it. We're going to be talking about something called Project Bluebeam. Uh, we got some articles we're going to, we're going to share with you, but uh, we will be talking about aliens, UFOs, extraterrestrial beings, things that like that nature. But we're as we get into it, we want to kind of expose or illuminate people to the fact that um, this is a ruse. Uh, this is something that the evil one uses, uh, I believe to throw people off course. But, um, in referring to end time events, this project blue beam is critical. And, uh, I want Carl, if you can, to kind of lay the foundation, um, if you want to read the article or whatever, but kind of share with me how these things kind of came about and how we got led down this rabbit hole this week. Absolutely. When we go back to where this started, um, you may not believe this, but this actually started when I was a child. Knowing you, I do believe it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when, when my mother told me one day that you are the most difficult child in the entire world to deal with at that moment, that's a pretty powerful statement to say to a son. Yeah. Um, I understand it was frustration. I understand I am frustrating to deal with, but that kind of impact me. And so I wondered why she was saying that. 
So I asked her, why did you just say that? And she got even more stressed because that word, why, is driving me crazy. And I wasn't the kid that asked why to get my way, right? Like, can I go spend the night at my friend's? No. Why? Why? Well, the question why can present problems for anyone that has to give the answer. Well, when you ask why and you generally want to understand, once you get your answer, I've learned that the next thing that comes out of your mouth is how, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to know just why, you want to know how. Well, the thing with that is that you have to be able to answer that question in a way that satisfies the person asking how so that they feel good about the answer, right? Mm-hmm. So I started to ask myself this question as I got a little older about the parousia, the catching away of the saints. We modern day Christians call this the rapture, okay, where Christians that are alive on earth instantaneously are caught up into the air in the twinkling of an eye to forever be with the Lord in heaven. Yes. Okay. So my question was, if that event happens all over the world at simultaneously exactly the same second, not an hour later, not a week later, but just instantaneously all over the world, a million people vanish. How are the Christians, meaning professing Christians before the rapture, right? That grew up in church or that have been in church long enough to understand this teaching of the parousia or the catching away of the saints. How are they going to be able to not know or recognize that all of this teaching and talking and all of this stuff I've learned about the rapture finally happened? Like, how will society be able to continue to go forward and exist, how will they be able to continue to be governed and ruled by law, by politicians, by law enforcement? How will, how will society exist? How can they maintain control when the millions of people, and maybe billions of people now, that are left on earth know that there is a teaching that has been talked about that explains the missing humanity that vanishes on earth. And so that was how we got to where we are today. So just to reiterate, what we are going to be discussing is when the rapture happens, and this depends on a lot of what your belief is. Is it a pre-trib rapture, mid-trib, or post-trib? I personally am a mid to post. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, you know, that's just for those who care. But what Carl's talking about is, you know, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. The rapture is what is supposed to according to pre-tribulation, the uh, American gospel, the predominant teaching in regards to eschatological events pertaining to the rapture, that there's two and a half billion estimated Christians on the face of the planet. So based under the pre-tribulation belief system, that two and a half billion people in a second like that instantaneously that have no other unifying quality other than they are believers in Christ are going to vanish. Uh, Jesus himself talks about, I believe Matthew 25 where it says there'll be one guy working in the yep. field and all of a sudden there's going to be somebody, the guy next to him is missing. There's going to be one woman working in the house, needing bread or whatever. And then the person that she's with is going to vanish. It's, so what we're talking about is literally a literal vanishing of a, I mean, right. that's probably a third it of, of humanity. Just, it yeah. isn't just this. It isn't just that they're gone. The they, question they is vanished, but evaporated because oh, of yeah. my because of my thinking. I created this scenario in my mind already. It's going to be way more catastrophic for the people that are left behind at that moment. And let me give you an example. Do you believe there are any Christian? commercial pilots alive today 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you believe that there are any Christian public transport drivers like, say, Greyhound, RTA, Lake Trans? Do you think any of them are Christians? Absolutely. Okay. Do you think that there are taxi cab drivers, Uber drivers? My point is this, that at the moment that this happens, when these Christians go home, to be with God in heaven, you are going to have the most catastrophic across the board in every native tongue country. At that moment, you are going to have total disaster. And when you as a government have to maintain control of a society and you have to put that flame of terror out with a wet blanket, my question was, how will society go on? Now, we know that there's going to be buying and selling. We know there's going to be some form of commerce. We know that there is going to be humanity that is going to be here still functioning. Now, at what level, we don't understand because we're not there yet. But the reality is when this event happens, there is a world population that still must be governed, controlled, exist. And so I started thinking about this podcast many years ago, wondering how in the world will society still continue to move on when all of this catastrophic, disastrous, uh, when all these things happen at one time? I think, Mr. William. I think what we're so we're talking about a very spiritual and supernatural occurrence in a very logical, pragmatic way. Mm-hmm. Say, for argument's sake, there's a pilot of a 747, mm-hmm. 200 people on the plane. The pilot's gone, and and, whomever, and, hope, and, who, and hopefully some of the passengers, yeah, and, and, <laughs> right? And, and whomever else you know is on there that believe in Christ. So even if the whole plane gets taken up, that plane is unmanned. It's veritably a weapon. At, uh, at this point, a, a projectile, as we've seen, and it, yes, and it's going to come hurtling down, and it may land in the middle of the ocean, but it may land in the middle of a metropolitan area. There's going to be mass carnage. There's going to be mass damage on a pragmatic, like the world has never seen. Right now, this may be harder to believe, but as far as the immediate impact and devastation. Um, not the long-term effects of an area, but the immediate right. death toll, it will make the bombing of ne- Nagasaki, it will make the bombing of um, any nuclear target look like a infant disaster. Yeah, And that is no disrespect no. to the lives that were lost at all. What I'm saying is that that instantaneous it, it's it, death toll in the blink of an eye around the globe instant carnage and devastation on a humanistical level that has never before or after will be experienced and the toll is going to be more than just the estimated 2.5 billion christians the toll could literally be half of the earth's population it could be. The, and then and then the far far more reaching things are well people who are on long-term health what if what if their caregivers are christians well how are you going to replenish that so this is a very important subject that we're talking about because it's not just oh i just click your heels three times and you know beam me up jesus pre-trib rapture scenario even the mid-trib rapture scenario we're talking about loss of life just that's unparalleled absolutely so when you couple the 2.5 billion estimate of Christians and you couple whatever casualties happen also at that moment, you really have eliminated a lot of earth's population in a moment. Okay. But again, there's still a mass number that have to fall in line and that have to continue to partake in whatever system has been developed 
wherever we are in history. Right. And so the question is, how does that happen? And that's what led us to where we are. Yes, exactly. So being the logical thinkers that we are, I guess this is kind of what we discovered. Well, actually, I have to give total credit to you. I never even heard of this, (laughs) what we're getting ready to talk about, until one of the podcasts that I was a guest on two years ago, probably. And at that moment... I literally started to see a piece of the puzzle of the question that I had about how is this going to be able to be achieved. And so I do have to give you credit oh. because, you know, there there was a massive puzzle piece to this question that I had that day on that podcast that was put into my mind. And I have since then started to have other thoughts and ideas and a lot of other questions have been answered about the how like it could happen this way so there we are and hopefully i don't know if you want to read this article i'd um, love to but just to set the stage so we're going to be talking about this idea called project bluebeam and found a really good, really quick article to kind of explain everything, the history of it, uh, who came up with it. There's four stages and the four implement, four stages of it being implemented. And, and just it, we're talking about future events. And the important thing to keep in mind is that if you uh, subscribe to the pre-trib rapture or even the mid-trib rapture theory, um, well, I guess you could call it a theory at this point. But we are already, even now as we speak being primed and set up for that antichrist system. So there is going to be things already in place that make this even more plausible governmentally, medically, financially, militarily speaking, because when this event happens, if you believe in the pre-trib raptor theory, this is the kickoff event that's going to Put everything officially in place. So Project Bluebeam, I want you, Carl, if you can read about this. Now, listen, you may tune out. You can completely think we're crazy and, and, you know, that's fine. But we're just giving it like we've been shown or how we see it. So sure. It says there are government conspiracies and government secrets. Let us not be naive. All governments will have necessary secrets. Information that should not be released to the general public due to national security issues. This is most definitely true as it pertains to military operations. The quintessential need to know basis sometimes we the people don't need to know especially if it will push the soldiers in a more difficult situation but what if the secret is covering up a plot of a very nefarious nature absolute power corrupts absolutely a very interesting thing happened at the end of world war ii At this time in history, people all over the world for the first time were reporting seeing strange, unidentified objects in the sky, or UFOs, which are unidentified flying objects. These objects were witnessed moving around in the sky at a great speed. In 1947, the first UFO was spotted by a man named Kenneth A. Kenneth was documented stating that he saw with his own eyes nine saucer-shaped objects flying at the rate of about 1,700 kilometers per hour. A couple of committees were created with the intent to explain and demystify the events, usually linking them to man-made air activity. Of course, seeing events like this obviously sparked a lot of interest from scientists, military, government, law enforcement, and the general public alike. The abundance of data concerning these UFOs was collected at that time. This is when UFOs became a public phenomenon. The United States government and the media were definitely involved in putting out misleading information which contradicted the original stories given by eyewitnesses and therefore effectively convoluting the airways. This didn't sit well with Serge Monest, a Canadian from Quebec born in 1945 who was an investigative journalist, essayist, poet, 
and conspiracy theorist. Surge gained a lot of popularity from Quest appearing on shows that deal with the phenomenon of an esoteric nature. In 1994, he published Project Bluebeam, in which he detailed a four-step base operation set up by the U.S. government by way of NASA with the help of the United Nations. This operation or program was to implement a New Age religion with the Antichrist at its head who will publicly ridicule and denounce all of the four major religions. This will help usher in the New World Order. In his publication, Sergei mentions how these entities will further fool the people by projecting a technologically simulated second coming of Christ. I actually wanted to pause there because I found one thing in this paragraph fascinating that, again, kind of helped me put a piece of the puzzle together in my questions. And that is this. In studying about Germany, World War II, in studying about Hitler and how evil he was, some of the stuff that I found out about Hitler um, were terrifying in the sense that I have a pretty good understanding compared to most Christians about a pre-Adamite world and the existence of supernatural beings and supernatural powers in that world that existed. And, and ju just to interject real quick, for those that may not understand that, what he just said, he's talking about the city of Atlantis. Uh, also, there's a claims of an actual El Dorado. Uh, so just to let you know, there is a lot of artifacts that do actually physically point in the direction that those were real civilizations. So just interjecting if you're not sure what you're referring to. And we could, if there are podcast listeners that would like to email you, we could talk about one of those in the future mm -hmm. and the pre-Adamite topic and all of that. But it truly is in-depth. We, we'd be able to... We could do a couple, actually, yeah, that, yeah. Just how much, yeah. So, in understanding this, Hitler was fascinated by Satanism, the occultism, witches, warlocks. He had within his staff spiritualist. He was trying in every way to tap in to that dimension that we have no physical access to. Okay? Right. This led him to the propelling and instituting the attack on the Jewish race. The elimination of this was came through his guidance and through his uh, influences that the Jewish race was the problem. Right. And he needed to eliminate them. So one of the other aspects of this that I found fascinating was that Hitler was also being led down a path for aliens. He was being led, and what, what the scientists have deemed aliens from another planet, okay? Also with UFOs and intergalactic access through spacecrafts. So how do we know this? Because here's how. When the Allies defeated Germany in World War II, the divvying up, of the spoils of the war, which is a tradition for any uh, victorious side. America took the technology and America took the scientists and all the people that did the human experiments on the Jewish people. Operation Paperclip. Thank you. Operation Paperclip. Rather than them being tried as war criminals, the United States government embraced them, took them in. No, I'm not. I, no, I, I see you giggling. No, I'm giggling but, because it's 100% well, true. Well, people may not know this, right. but you don't know this because you haven't put the effort in to take the time and to it, learn. Because it's, it's not, all there and they don't is, hide it. And it's, it's not taught in your main stream no schools no. colleges i mean this is verifiable information but absolutely you have to do your due diligence so rather than going before the death panels to be judged they actually were embraced and put the work in our cia along with all of the research and information that they had been doing under hitler Mm -hmm. So in excess, what we did instantaneously in one moment and in one day was we got all 
of Hitler's evil pursuits. We got all of Hitler's demon-inspired information. We got all of his information about alien life, UFOs, intergalactic travel, and all of the things that Hitler had. And the men that were running those programs overnight came to work for us. Literally, just like that. Their work continued on. Oh, it never just stopped. Under, just instead of the Nazi banner, it yeah. was the, the stars and yeah. bars. Yeah. And what happened was where they were limited in resources because we became the superpower. We became the most powerful country on earth where they were limited to achieve what they scientifically wanted to achieve. But there were barriers there because Hitler was not that country was not, as we proved the most powerful country we were, we gave them the ability to take what they were limited to discover. And we instantaneously opened doors to them. They had no access to, Okay, yep. with our technology and with our funding, right? Yes, so 100%. now here we are. That up until World War II, the reports of UFOs were non-existent. Now yes. after we win World War II, okay, they become rampant, and that's where you have things like Roswell, Area Fifty-One. You know, the little green men with the big eyes, and and we did an episode where we talked about this uh, with Matt, who came to visit us. But you're, I love where you're going with this. It's just my thought. That yeah, like, no. It's like well, and even, a, piece, a puzzle piece. Well, and even predating Hitler, there was a gentleman named Jack Parsons who has Parsons Propulsion Laboratory. He was big into Crowleyan-type rituals. Um, Aleister Crowley, who was the, uh, the postmodern father of Satanism. Um, and, and he believed, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but he believed that interdimensional entities or interdimensional beings, interdimensional gave him the information for like the propulsion engines, jet propulsion engines. And, and a lot of this was carried over to Hitler because this was uh, research done in the 20s and 30s before World War II, or at least before Americans' involvement. So everything you're saying is, is secular and it all ties in. So um, okay. just to let people know, there, this is history. This is verifiable history. We're not making it up. We shall continue with the article. The four steps of Project Bluebeam starts with step number one, where they will manufacture sophisticated top-secret weapons to cause earthquakes around the world in specific and strange, in specific and strategic locations in order to unearth religious artifacts with the attempt to use them to disprove the religion's effectiveness. This phase was said to have been in effect since 2012. In step two, Sergey writes that they will use sophisticated technology to beam 3D holographic images of all the prophets or heads of the four major religions, Jesus, Mohammed, Krishna, and Buddha. The images would be broadcast simultaneously in the sky around the world. They will then merge these images into one in order to make all people feel their God is speaking directly to them. Their sole intent is to use this tactic to usher in the Antichrist and the end times. In step three of Project Blue Bean, Sergey writes that they will use invisible wave frequency technology via a telephonic platform to access people's minds and implement thoughts in order to gain control of the mind and make people feel that they are in direct communication with their God. Step four, the final step in this project where they will use their sophisticated tech to put the thought in the individual's minds that the rapture is coming and that they face an imminent alien invasion. Also, they will get a transmission into their minds that currently there are other planets being invaded and ravished. They will use a fake alien invasion to finalize the birth of their new world religion, the Antichrist arrival, and the new world order. Sergei Monast mysteriously died in 1996 in his home 
from a heart attack the day after he was arrested and jailed. The authorities took custody of his children, who he was having homeschooled at the time prior to his untimely death. Is there truth to this Project Blue Beam dilemma? Was Sergei Manist untimely death a coincidence? I'm going to leave that up to you to decide. Stay safe. Also, I just want to add, I read another article, and it was not put in this article, that not only did Sergei die, but after the government took his children, they are missing. Just well, so everyone understands that and knows that, that's a documented article that I had read where his children are also gone, not just him. He was probably Epstein, uh, is my guess. So I'm laughing not because I think this is funny. I'm just laughing because all four of these steps, they're like absolutely ready to go. Well, uh, I have to say this on the way here, Mr. William. I also, again, why and how? How is it possible that universally all across the world with all forms of government, communist, capitalism, and everything in between, all governments unified at one time with one event and were able to get worldwide population to submit to what happened in the COVID crisis. Now, my question is this. It isn't whether or not you agree or disagree with vaccines. That's a totally different one we've talked about. It isn't whether or not you agree or disagree with the virus being man-made and altered in laboratories where it was taken from North Carolina and shipped to uh, Wuhan, China. I'm not talking about any of that. I don't care about any of that. My point is how... Do you think, coincidentally, that it became possible for the first time in history for governments that have been at war, for countries that have tried to destroy and eliminate each other? Wouldn't you think that, like, China would want to eliminate most of the Western world instead of unite with us to protect us? I mean, they want to go to war today. How come two years ago you wanted to save our country by giving us information? So, see, this is how I think, but nobody else seems to. Well, maybe you and maybe a couple other people, but how do you pull that off? I start to ask these questions. Are we farther along in Project Bluebeam than people think we are? Everything to me that what you're saying, and I, I've gone on record saying this a couple of years ago, this is all a beta test. Removing the idea of Project Bluebeam, to me, everything he's saying, uh, as far as these four steps, like are completely plausible. Everything is already in place, already down from the holographic images. A couple of years ago, they had a concert where they did a holographic they image. They had a of concert Tupac. tour of yeah. Michael Jackson. A yes. tour. You know, listen, holograms <laughs> are, are out there, they're using them. It's not going to take long to, to Google or search. I use DuckDuckGo. I recommend them. Um, you're going to see, there's one of the Pope. Famously, they show the Pope waving in a window, and there's like a glitch, and he's gone for like three seconds, and then he comes back, and he's waving. So, listen, the technology is out there. But I think the, the bigger thing to look at is that there is already a concerted effort from people in charge that have a alliance with this Antichrist system, and as much as... We believe in Christ's heavenly kingdom and the ultimate supremacy of that ruling and reigning. These people are committed to ushering in the Antichrist system, this new world order. Like, this is what they're dedicated to. And, and to just to dispel anything, this is my personal belief. I know we talked about this too, and I think this is important to touch on because even in the last year, there has been more and more UFO sightings. The government has started to release more and more, quote-unquote, documented information. Naval vessels uh, have seen things. The Air Force has seen things. You know, not just the American. Um, you know, it's all over, all over the world. And what they're trying to project, no pun intended, uh, and I believe it's all in conjunction with this Project Blue Beam, is, you know, they talk about extraterrestrials. Right, like E.T., yes. extraterrestrials, right? Like the little green guys with the big eyes. Or the grays. Or the grays, thank you, yes. Uh, you know, so I did a little research. And uh, uh, extraterrestrial being is a form of life assumed to exist outside of Earth or its atmosphere. You know, there really isn't life that exists outside of Earth, at, at least that we've discovered, that is in a natural plane. Obviously, the Almighty is 
omnipresent. He's supernatural. He's everywhere and everything. And I've talked about this before. There's a definition for this. It's the um, interdimensional entities. Interdimensional. And I say dimensional purposely because you have to pay attention to this. Like there's three, like 3D three-dimensional there's multi-dimensionals and this is why i found it's um the opposing consciousness is exceptionally clever advanced and developing it works from a higher dimensional state interacting with your thoughts and emotions to give you an example let's say you're taking a walk in nature having a very peaceful, relaxing, and expansive time. Yet suddenly you're thinking about work or something you have to achieve later today, or you're in a relationship with someone and a basic misunderstanding suddenly escalates into a full-blown and projectile rogue. Or else you are constantly worried about where your money is going to come from or how you're going to support you and your family, I put it to you that these things are not unheard of to the original human, where we are trusting, aligned, and at once with benevolent science of the universe. Original humans were expansive, multi-dimensional, and free. So that's just a lot of mumbo-jumbo for basically saying that there are these interdimensional entities, or I would refer to them as demonic or angelic Entities, beings, spirits, demons, angels, you know, whatever you want to call them that influence humanity. Like they're saying you're taking a walk and all of a sudden, you know, you're really thinking about nothing. Then all of a sudden, all these horrible things just keep hopping into your head or you, you know, say the wrong thing. So, and these things, they have one of two bosses. They either work for the devil or they work for the almighty. And listen, I didn't write the rule book. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. So what we're trying to tell you is that there is a very coordinated, thought-out, multi-governmental scheme in effect that they are going to lie to you after this catastrophic event happens that aliens, little green men, flew down from the heavens above and abducted a vast majority of the earth. When simply this event, this taking up the rapture, is ultimately a multi-task sign. Once again, believing on your particular persuasion of how the scripture, it's either to let you know that the time of the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation has begun or you're in the middle of it. And also it's to signify the taking up is a supernatural event that God is still in control. And these things that are being talked about is an utter ruse. It's deception at the highest level. And I think this is something that, once again, like we pride ourselves on, it's nothing that most churches are going to talk about, but I think that's absolutely essential that at least a, a thought, at least a seed, a kernel, a nugget, or something is deposited so that you can begin to mull this over. Because when these things happen, this is almost certain that this is what's going to be the cover-up story for those events. And if, if you're left behind or, uh, you know, whatever, if you're here, if we're here still or whatever the case may be, we're going to see that we're in a bad, bad situation. Yeah. I think one of the purposes of explaining and reading these articles is to wake people up that are unaware where we are in history right now with the parousia or the catching away of the saints. Like there's been this Christian timeline where Jesus introduced in his teaching that he was going to go away and he was going to prepare a place for us. But where he goes, he prepares for the time that is necessary and ready for us to be with him. And We sometimes sit back and we're not active when we realize that a deadline is two, three months away for anything, whether it be job, whether it be a project, you know, at work, whether it be a home inspection, whether it be um, anything, we simply sit back and we kind of delay activity, right? Because we know that that deadline is far away. Well, everything we've shared today explaining how technology is in place and efforts have been made, that should wake a lot of people up 
that are aware of the rapture or the catching away of the saints and cause them hopefully to make changes immediately in where their priorities are. Because I really believe, Mr. William, that you are either becoming assimilated into this system or you are fighting against it. I no longer believe that there are innocent bystanding people that can't see the signs. There's nothing special about you and us. Right. Okay. If we're able, anyone is able. That's how I always gauge when something right. is like supernatural. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. If I can do something easily, anyone can do it easily. That's not supernatural. So people just need to open their mind to God and his leading. And I believe he shows you. I believe that he gives you like... For me, it just appears to be I open my mind to him to give me the leading of what I'm going to question because make no mistake about it, I'm going to question. Like that is my personality. God gave me that aspect of my personality. Now, I could turn against God, which would be obviously a dumb mistake, but I could start questioning his teachings. I could start questioning his word. I'm going to question something. Now, right now, I have committed my personality to him. So since he made me to question with that unique personality, I'm going to allow him to lead me where he wants me to start questioning things. And this is where I'm being led. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know. I just can tell you this, that like this topic at my age has been the most driving question I've had. And so the research, the reading, the studying, the submission to God, the urge to talk about it, the urge to learn about it, the urge from my mind to actually be supernaturally opened up to his teaching. This topic up until now is the one in my life that he's leading me that I feel the most committed to do and I finally feel another piece of the puzzle for my life has been put together in the question of why did you make me now if you're a questioner you really should have asked the question to God why am I here and not just that why am I here now I've done this I'm on this path I want to know what I am supposed to do and I want to know how to go about it because I will never be ineffective in what I do. I'm either going to affect my opposition in a bad way or I'm going to affect those that embrace what I have to say in a positive way. But make no mistake about it, I'm committed to effectiveness. And every Christian needs to commit to this. Because we have little time, not just in the eternal uh, definition of time. I'm talking in this time frame we operate in. Hours, minutes, seconds. Yeah. This physical time. Yes. And this is something that when I go to sleep, it's the last thing in my mind. And when I wake up, it's one of the first things that come to my mind. This, this topic of where are we in the timeline? I 100% agree with what you just said in its totality, whether it be, and I've said this before, there's nothing special, unique about you and I. If, if I can figure anything, this kind of stuff out, like certainly anybody else can, as far as how important and how necessary, at least these discussions are regarding that this time frame is upon us. This and this and this is what could happen. This is what will likely happen. This is what the scriptures point to. Um, these are conversations that just aren't happening in the church. And I don't want to be solely speaking to Christians. That's not my heart. My heart's to speak to whomever. But this topic specifically affects the church. Because if we are not able to say, this is a ruse, this is actually what is going to happen regarding the catching up. It's just necessary that we start talking about this. It's necessary we start talking about the point of the Illuminati, which means the illuminated ones. These people have the, the this this guy came with this theory in 1994. It was almost 30 years ago, and he's talking about holographic images and uh, and all this stuff that is like now it's here. It is commonplace. So there's technology that is 
so deeply hidden that is so deeply used on us the the ability to be able to brainwash the masses which we've to allude to your point over the last two and a half years we've been seeing all this is a beta test i believe in this oh and at the forefront of that were christian leaders i mean mega church leaders powerful leaders the hollywood christianity movie stars that you see they were literally at the head very few were against it and funny enough most of the ones in the christian world that did speak out against it really weren't leading a massive congregation or a mega church right they were more of the isolated individual non-connected non-powerful uh movements of christianity and you would hear them speaking up but the point is you had the catholic church you had um judeo christian you had uh Full gospel. Yeah, it didn't matter across the line. The church world and religious world was as unified as the communist uh, government dictators and rulers. And that's what I'm saying is that, like, we appear to be farther along in the implementation of Sergey's theory or projection. We appear to be at the implementing stage of all of these things happening, not can happen, but being used. This is, I think, one piece of the pie. Because in conjunction with, because we, you know, we've been talking about this now for the last couple episodes. This is just a piece of the pie. There's so many things that need to kind of tie all together. And a lot of these things are. We've seen global beta testing of the submissiveness of whole class, if you will, but also leaders on every Mm -hmm. social, uh, military, economic, cultural, spiritual, just coincide and, and just acquiesce to this the common denominator for me is like you can choose to believe what you like i won't hold anything against you but we are in this time frame where these things are going to start happening and even as we record this the quote-unquote queen died this week mm-hmm. and i see people celebrating her as a great christian leader and i'm thinking i you know i don't want, I, i'm never the person to say this person wasn't a christian or this per-. i'm just saying you know her husband was one of the the founders of the Bilderberg Group, who famously quoted that he hopes that one day when he dies, he comes back as a virus and takes out most of the world's population. Uh, who also, by the way, was her cousin. Uh, she's given birth to several big pedophiles uh, in in the royal family, and they just cover that up. And, and not to mention that the royal family is part of this, uh, in my opinion, uh, along with you know the Pope and the you know different factions in the U.S. government. You know part of the pentabinet, if you will, but um, the the globalist schizophrenia system. So there is a a deception. There is an image that's trying to be sold to people, but, you know, I would just say don't buy it or don't at least eagerly hand your money over to them. Uh, Carl, any other points you want to make? Real briefly, I just want to say a thought that came into my head uh, on the way here. Uh, There are people that have great confidence in this country that we live in. Believe it or not, I want to say that right now there are two things generally that define what a country is. First and foremost, a country is defined by its borders or its territory. That's one of the defining necessary ingredients for you to have a country. Right now, their effort to get rid of the border, I I, I was thinking that it was this effort to allow the immigrators to come in, the illegal aliens to come in. I now am thinking I'm beyond that. I feel like there's this movement that we're watching that people, they're missing it. They're not seeing it. In a movement to a one-world government, you literally have to eliminate the barriers and the boundaries of the existence of your country. And so I don't know why I'm being like feel being led to to bring this up, but if somebody's listening right now and you're talking uh, in your head or letting something talk to you that gives you comfort or confidence because we live in America and what Mr. William and I are talking about is something you feel safe because of where we live, don't be deceived. 
you are not. And I really feel strongly to get that out there. And the other thing that defines our country, especially, is the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And when that is under attack and that is ineffective and you're not allowed to embrace your citizenship that gives you that right... That's another removal of the fact that you live in a country. So what I'm trying to say right now is that by eliminating border and territory and eliminating what gives you a citizenship right, I almost feel like we are moving to the point where we're not even going to say anymore that we are a country because there's this universal unity movement to just say wherever your feet trods is where you are a citizen. In other words, unified citizenship, unified government. I see this all happening. It all ties into what we've talked about, about the one world government. And that could be a whole other podcast that I'd love to get into. And I think it should be. To summarize, what I'm understanding is security and the fact that you live in America and that you're American it doesn't carry the weight it used to because as we are now entering into the time of a global governance, there can be no America in order for that to happen. And I really feel like at this age, I understand when, uh, when I'm being like, we, I call it being led or being inspired is that there literally may be a specific person right now that God knows your thoughts and you have been inactive because you have this comfort and because you have this confidence that everything we're talking about is not going to happen to you because of where you live. And I feel like uh, sharing that that place you have in your mind of America doesn't exist anymore. So that again is a rouge. That again is a simulation or it is a a hologram thought. It isn't real. It's being projected, but it isn't real anymore. And if people will lose their comfort and their confidence, sometimes they will become active. Like inactivity falls off them. And that is my final thought because I think that there have been some people listening to us and they may not totally disagree, but they're not going to totally embrace it or become active because they have this false sense of security of our country the way it was, not the way it is. Yeah. And moving forward the way it's going to go. Yes. Yeah. All right. I think with this episode to bed. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, There's people that are listening that you know others need to know this information, so you share it. We're at, we're, I don't want to say we're telling you, but we're asking you uh, to share this episode, uh, subscribe, wherever you can listen to podcasts, Flawcast, Flawcast CLE, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. We are on Rumble under Flawed Inc. We're on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter, Parlor, and Gab under Flawed Inc. Uh, link below, get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Um, Please, thank you. And uh, also, our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. If you have any questions about this or any other information that we may not be aware of, please send it to us uh, or, or even on our social media. We'd appreciate that because we're trying to grow and put this stuff together and share it. So, uh, that being said, look out for those little green men. Yeah.